All right. All right. John and Julia discussing retirement, the ultimate treasure hunt. How you doing, Julia? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you today? Great to see you. Yeah. Uh, we're going to jump right into the subject today. Um, we're going to. Today, I want to talk about the art of fulfillment. Great. And, great topic. Uh, we've 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 uh, talked a lot about fulfillment over the last couple episodes. Uh, why why do insights come in uh, novel environments? And I uh, I think what I'm getting at is when we go on a road trip, it seems like I get all of these ideas going and and just a lot of creative moments. Yeah, for sure. Right. It's and I wonder, I've always wondered, yeah. gosh, why is that? So our brains are lazy, meaning our brains are efficient. They don't want to waste energy where they don't have to waste energy. Uh -huh. So as you notice, the first time you drive to a new location, you have to work really hard. Agreed? So let's say you get a new job and you're driving to the new office. And the first time you're trying to find, you know, this, I take this uh, highway or I take the streets or I do this or I do that. Where do I park? So sure. you spend a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of mental effort trying to do something new. And then your brain basically says, look, if everything that I do throughout the day takes me that much effort, I'm going to run out of my uh, battery, you know, pretty soon. I'm going to need a ton more rest. And I'm already sleeping for, you know, a good third of the day. Um, let me create a shortcut. Let me create some neural connections and then you can do that drive on autopilot and literally we can do it on autopilot to a degree that sometimes you just like i'm already at the office and i don't remember how i got there like i don't even remember anything do you see what i'm saying because yes your brain you're on automatic you're on, on automatic pilot automatic so you're, pilot you're, you're almost have reached a state of what yes unconsciousness right yes Yes, because it saves energy and you're you you're essentially using the same neural connections over and over again. And what happens is then we get locked into a set of routines, a set of habits, and we're not even conscious some of that time, right? Because we're we're literally running on autopilot. And yeah. it's how the brain is designed. And there's a good reason for it because you don't want to figure everything out every day. You don't want to wake up and figure out how to brush your teeth, how to get dressed. Once you figure that out, it's easy to do, but it loses that novelty. So it's, so, it's, a, it's, a, great, it's a great system that our brain has. Great system. And, and, uh, and it kind of puts it in this autopilot mode yeah. Uh, and then we're living our everyday life. And so we're possibly portions of it are almost unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the good, you know, we're just basically living the same day over and over again. And, 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 and we call that life. So what do you do? And obviously our task is to understand, first of all, how our mind works, what are the mechanics of it? And secondly, make a decision as to what we want, because we do want these elements. We don't want to rediscover the, uh, uh, you know, that uh, uh, the particulars of the drive to work every day. No, right. we don't want to rediscover that. But we do want to seek out environments, as the neuroscientist Gregory Burns said, in which we have no experience. And here's a quote from Burns. Novel experiences, especially big changes, such as relocations, feature pro figure prominently in the imagination of an iconoclast, that's from his book, Iconoclast, or someone who goes beyond conventional thinking. Now, we don't all have to be iconoclasts, but we need to understand the principle that we need to move into areas where we have no experience to create these new connections. Without that, we're literally reliving the same thing over and over again. Yep. It's a, a pretty powerful concept. Yeah, and insights that you will get, you will most likely get not when you're sitting there and trying to get this idea, right? This is why a lot of people said um, throughout history that they were taking a bath and came up with something or they were taking a walk or the apple fell on their head. It has nothing to do with math, <laughs> but worked for Newton. And, you know, why is it? Well, you know, you're not at the table uh, writing your math formulas. You're sitting outside under a tree, maybe eating an apple, and then all of a sudden something connects. It's a novel environment, could be a novel environment for that person during that time. We don't know. But you so it, know. it doesn't necessarily have to be. I, I if I hear what you're saying, mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be a trip. No. No, it does not need to be. It could be as small of a change as uh, where we might uh, sit that day, you know, in the world of not necessarily everyone going to the office and remote working and living, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of opportunity there to, to do novel. Yes, you can go on a museum website and look at art. It's, it's literally, it's just something that you do not do every day or okay. go sign up for a class to learn French or, you know, do something. Else. In other words, it gives you an opening. Any novel environment takes you out of your familiar uh, set, out of a familiar setting where that autopilot continues. Yes. If you okay. go to Paris and you have to go from your hotel to somewhere else, you actually have to figure out that way. Right. So all of a sudden, it's not that same street that you take to get. That to would be fantastic. That would be great. That'd be yes. nice. I know that would be nice. See, I keep referring to travel, but it does not need to be travel. It could be a book on an unfamiliar topic. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. OK, uh, well, how can I best put myself in a situation that helps me get fresh new ideas. Join another, join a group that discusses something you don't normally discuss. Um, 
meet new people, uh, go on uh, websites and check out NASA, looking through the telescope at you know at other planets uh review a list of classes that you always wanted to take and now most of it is free online from ivy league colleges right and you can take a class on anthropology on this like and by the way i'm naming all of these things that are free or almost free does that make sense so the world is our oyster. The wor yes, especially now. Um, if a couple of hundred years ago, it would have been prohibitively oh. expensive to do any of these things. Now we could do that. Um, and it's literally a question of do we want to do this or not? Right. It's entirely our decision. And so the more you go through the list of what you need to do throughout the day, and identify here are the things that make me really unhappy and unfulfilled. And I will try to figure out ways to do less of that. And here are things that are really interesting to me and they make me super happy. How can I figure out to do more of that? And trying to see how do you schedule your time? Do you have more of the things that you really enjoy and that make you fulfilled? Or do you have you know, few and far between? So that's how we figure out how to get more of the good stuff, like right? That. More of the good stuff. Another technique is you ask yourself a particular question when you don't know the answer. And then you go to the museum and you look at art and all of a sudden there you're going to get some interesting. I don't know if you have if you've ever had that or not, but you'll get some pointers. All of a sudden you'll start making connections that you haven't made before by looking at this painting or all of a sudden, you know, thinking of it reminds you of a person who is going to be able to provide the answer to your question as yes. to how to you know address yes. something you're just looking at a painting and all of a sudden you see familiarity in the face so what happens is that your brain is all of a sudden uh, accessing maybe some connections yes. that are there but they're just latent they're not you, you know what i mean yes you're not well, using this every day mm -hmm. right so uh you're, you're saying, hey, uh, you know, the novel helps us uh, find that fulfillment, et cetera, mm -hmm. find new energy ideas. Uh, an interesting thing uh, that we've talked about in the past is that you interviewed uh, Caesar Milan. Milan, Caesar Milan. Yeah, and, uh, he's a dog trainer. He's the dog whisperer. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell tell me what uh, he told you about uh, what we can learn from animals. So, okay. So, so in one of these connections that um, that we just discussed, uh, you know, asking asking questions that are novel uh, and interesting. I asked Caesar Milan because he is a dog trainer. He's a dog whisperer. And he's got, for many, many years, the shows on TV about training dogs. Uh, 
Okay. And my question to him was, listen to the question. I said, what can we learn about living joyfully from animals? Like, that's another thing, right? Isn't that, isn't that kind of a creative way of looking at it? Like, dogs must know something about living joyfully. They look pretty happy to me compared to a lot of <laughs> human beings that I've met. <laughs> no? You're... Right. You're not you, you are you are not far fetched on this. I'm not far fetched at all. And, and either is Caesar my lamb. Yeah. Um, so Caesar, like, so I asked him that question and he started laughing because like it like he totally got it, right? Yeah. Um and um basically what he said is that animals are amazing in the way that they view uncertainty. He said human beings drowns themselves in uncertainty. Like we're so bad at handling that. And so a human being is going to become more and more afraid every single day. They could be super wealthy, but they're still going to be more, more and more afraid. I'm just paraphrasing Caesar. Yeah. But um, animals revel in uncertainty. They're totally fine with that. And not only that, but they either like you or they don't like you. They don't care if you're wearing Hugo Boss um, or Dolce Gabbana. They don't evaluate you. They don't judge you. Uh, they really don't care, you know, what kind of house you have and all that. It's, um, you know, it's a fact that they either like you or they don't like you. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. And, well, and, and it's based on how they feel about you, right? That intuition that we were just referring to. Um. And um, he said, and another thing is dogs would not follow an unstable leader. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Right. And I, I found that like a really interesting, I never thought of that. But he said human beings constantly follow unstable leaders. We see something on Instagram and um you know, there's a bunch of pictures there, but we don't go on. How do I feel about this person? What's behind that? What's behind the facade? Dogs are not going to do that. They're not going to follow the dog with the designer leash. OK, if that if that leader is unstable, they're not going to be around. You know, that, that's it. So sometimes thinking about how nature handles all of that, I don't think it's a bad idea. You know, it just gives us, that's your novel. That's an example of a novel way of looking at it. And when Caesar kind of made his remarks about the animals, I think it gave me a lot to think about in terms of my uh, own life. It, you know, yeah. we can talk about dogs and, you know, there's certain uh, philosophies that, uh, let's say, may concentrate on, you know, the behavior or the life of a bird, let's say. Yeah. You know, and how the bird yeah. uh, flies through the air and, and uh, flits here and flits there. And uh, I think you're describing Leonardo da Vinci, who derived a lot of, you know, he constantly drew out birds and, you know, and, and that became an inspiration. Yes. So, you know, we're we're talking about creativity, we're talking about fulfillment, and we're mixing and matching all of this concept about how to be creative and how to be fulfilled and how to look at your needs, not just your goals. But let me 
introduce this unifying thought to all of that. And the unifying thought is this. You can apply your intelligence and your creativity to figuring out the lifestyle that makes your heart sing with joy. You should apply your intelligence and creativity to finding fulfillment. You don't only have to reserve creativity and intelligence to solving a business problem for your boss at work. You can also apply it to figuring out how you're going to run your life, whether that's now, whether that's later on when you enter the retirement. But the sooner you start thinking about it, the more prepared you're going to be. Because there are certain things that you have to do now to enjoy them later. And so whether you are listening to us now and you're only thinking about retirement in, in the distance distant future, or maybe you're preparing for it, maybe you're already in it, it doesn't matter where you are. You can apply your resources, intellectual resources, uh, your, your emotional resources, your creativity to putting together that masterful work of art. Yes. Right? And yes. it's yours because, because nobody is going to care about your life more than you. It's completely your... Great point. Uh, it's, your, right? it's your canvas. It's your canvas. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Wow. Love it. It's your canvas. And I love how you're bringing all that, um, utilizing all of our resources that we have within us. Yes. To, to uh, really approach the, the whole idea of fulfillment seriously uh, with joy, though, and, and yeah. without anxiety. Yes. That, boy, there's just so many things that we can do to help us uh, get there and stay there. Yeah. And, and that, you know, yeah. and, and if your kindergarten teacher told you that you were awful with Play-Doh and you kind of left that canvas. Yes. <laughs> put that Very canvas bad at the clay. Side, you know, because we've all been told um, that uh, we're not good ballerinas and we're not good, um, you know, figure skaters or we're not good painters. Like everybody got a ton of feedback in childhood and throughout life about all of the things that we're not so wonderful at. And people greatly enjoy making the statements to us. So believe me. All of us have gotten plenty of that stuff. And nonetheless, all of us have that canvas. And so we're just giving you the paints, like all of these strategies, all of these concepts are your resources and your paints. And if somebody tells you, let me paint your picture of retirement, this is what it should look like. You should just uh, uh, tell them to get out of the building because <laughs> nobody should be telling you what your canvas should depict. Yes. And the, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yes. that's the wrong approach. Yes. And that cookie cutter. Oh, we all are going to, you know blah, blah, blah. Here's where you save. Here's where you sell the big house and you move to, you know, cheap location. And that's the only it's one strategy. That's great. It might work for you. It might be terrible for someone else who's got uh, eight grandchildren and won't be able to see them, you know, 300 and 
20 days out of a year. So just, just, you know, work with us with this canvas idea, which is a brilliant idea because you really just want to get the canvas and someone is going to sell you the paints, but no more than that. The painting is your job and you cannot cede that to anybody and be happy. That is a great way to wrap this thing up. And uh, as we close today, uh, it is really fun to discuss with you, you know, the retirement, the ultimate treasure hunt. Uh, I've just really enjoyed today and, and every episode with you so much. So likewise, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, uh, let's, uh, talk next time. Okay. Yes. And, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, John. Till next time.